Hey, hey, Million Dollar Agents, it's Sandra again. Welcome to episode 37. And yeah, I'm your host. I'm Sandra Carter. I'm a commercial agent. And this podcast, I'm actually thinking about changing the name and I don't know if that's a good idea or a bad idea. I probably need someone to bounce it off because really what this podcast is about is sales. It's not so much about being a commercial real estate agent. I mean, I am a commercial agent and I do use a lot of my experience as material for this podcast, but this could be about selling anything and everything. So anyway, let me know if you think it's a bad idea to change the name. Million Dollar Agent, it's kind of a, it's kind of a property has a property feel to it, but really that's kind of not what the podcast is about. It's about selling anything. So today I'm going to talk to you about after sales services, after sales servicing, probably a better way to put it. Now that sounds like an add-on feature for when you buy a car and it kind of is about that, but this is from this is from a property perspective, but this can be applied to any sales field. Now, something happened this week and I was quite surprised about the reaction from one of my clients because we have just sold a project and we've sold quite a few units in that project. And what happens after that, the deal's done. You've got to go through all of the processes with the deal getting done, the paperwork, the contracts, the settlements, the titles, all of the above. But when they settle, you hand the keys over. And I don't know what my colleagues are doing, but that's not where it stops for me because everything that goes wrong thereafter from the moment they get the keys they're going to come back to me. Now that's fine. I am more than happy for them to do that. And why is that? I don't want my clients to feel like I've just cut them loose once we've done key handover. But I had an interesting conversation on the phone with the developer who said, it's not your problem, Sandra. The deal is done. Walk away. And I thought, wow, that's a really terrible attitude to have because these people, you know, the, the actual purchase itself is such a big ticket item too. So there, I know there's blood, sweat and tears going into these transactions. People are getting their houses valued. People have got to shuffle money around. People have got to set up entities. They're talking to their accountants. They're fighting with their brokers. You know, they're negotiating with a whole lot of different parties. And, you know, it is a stressful time in their lives. And we're not talking about going down the road and buying a bottle of Coca-Cola. We're talking about an asset that's worth a lot of money. So when I gauge it on my experience when you buy a big ticket item, what you want is the after sales bit. When I bought my house, I bought my dream home about 18 months ago, worked really, really hard. If you knew how hard I had to work to put it all together, you'd be quite surprised. There's a whole nother podcast right there. But pulled it off amazingly. And I have not heard from the agent since we took the keys. She fell over into a pot plant and hurt herself when she was doing the key handover. She was so busy getting the basket of champagne and chocolates out of her car, she didn't see it was actually, it wasn't a basket actually, it was a car, it was a car tie that the owner had left behind. <laughs> Sounds like I'm living in a 
a tip, but it's not. Anyway, she stepped back. She fell backwards. Her skirt went over her head and she dropped everything. And I actually think she really hurt herself. But um, I think her pride was probably hurt more. And I don't know whether that's anything to do with the fact that she's never contacted me again. I didn't get a Christmas email from her office. She's the principal. Now, I'm not going to tell you which brand it was, but, you know, nothing against the brand. You either love them or hate them, I imagine. But, lady, send me a Christmas card. It was a big ticket item. There's no after-sale service. Again, another thing I bought. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. Anyway, I bought my drinker too and same thing. You know, I expected to be invited to cocktail parties after that. I thought I was going to be in this exclusive club. No, 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 no. There was nothing. In fact, they called me and told me that the new model's coming out. And I said, hang on a minute. No one's even called me about the model I've just bought. And now you want me to go and test drive another one? I'm pretty sure I'm not actually going to buy another car from your car dealership because not feeling the love, just not. So coming back to the situation when I've sold somebody a property and I've done a key handover, you know, that's a big ticket item, right? Now, even if you're not selling massive ticket items, if you're selling smaller things, but they're things that people are going to buy again and again and again, you've got to apply the same principles whereby you're looking after the clients after the fact. Sales is very, very little to do with the actual transaction process itself. It's more to do with the holistic experience that your clients are getting because if it's a good one, not only are they going to come back to you again, they're going to tell everyone else about it too. And you would be, I don't even have figures for you, but your mind will be blown as to how much repeat business you get and how much business you get through word of mouth. Now, if you give somebody a bad experience holistically, So that's from the moment they think of the item right through to the time that they buy it again, then they're not going to come back to you the second time. And they're going to tell everybody what a rubbish agent you were, a rubbish salesperson you were, a rubbish experience they had. So you've got to keep going after the deal is done. You have to keep nurturing that that client because it's a lifetime business relationship. Okay. Once you have a relationship with somebody based on a major transaction where you both may have lost a bit of sleep over it or a lot of sleep over it. It's like being married to somebody now. You need to, that's a relationship. You've got to, if you don't look after it, not the say, the grass is greener where you water it. I've just released that podcast this morning. So yeah, listen to that. But so what happened? Okay. Lady, has bought a unit off me, another fellow in the same complex having the same problem. The body corporate's newly established, right? So there's no one actually paying much attention. I'm not even sure the body corporate knows that the titles have come through. They they probably do, but nobody's there doing any gardening or anything. So the place is starting to look like Bangkok. They've got – there are trees growing out of the footpath that shouldn't be there. So everyone's up in arms. What's going on? They contact me. It's not my problem. 
Okay. It's not my problem technically, but big picture stuff, I'm going to make it my problem and I'm going to fix it. And it's time consuming. And you may think, wow, you got too much time on your hands. No, I actually don't. But if I don't help these people out, you know what they're going to think? Sandra sold us a property. And then as soon as she got her money, she disappeared into the horizon and we never heard from her again. We had all these problems. You know, we bought this, we thought she was going to look after us and she didn't. No, I'm not ever going to let my clients feel like that. You know, if they don't like the color on the building, but they knew it was that color when they bought it, I'm going to help them change it if I can, or I'm going to tell them how they do that. I might be, the no, I, you know, it might be a no, but at least I'm going to give them the information. And you have to keep going with these clients and do not let take your hands off the wheel with it and go, oh, well, pay now. And there's a name for agents or employee, employers mainly that treat people like this, that do this deal for the sake of the deal. It's a churn and burn. It's a churner and burner. They're burning through, getting the deal done, getting on to the next one. They don't care about the consequences of the um, sale afterwards. They don't care about the client afterwards. And there's a certain brand, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I've had experiences, other experiences in a commercial sector where I've seen them doing this. It's all about the sale. Get the deal done. Get on to the next one. Don't worry about what the trail of destruction that you've left behind you if you do. It might be a bit harsh. I could get in trouble for that. But I don't mean anyone in particular. I'm just saying I've seen generally people that don't look after their clients. It's a bad, bad idea if it's even if it's not your responsibility. Now, I always say 101, do the extraordinary things the others won't do. Be extraordinary. That's where the word extraordinary comes from. Extraordinary. Extraordinary stuff is like I did this morning, phoned the body corporate up, emailed the solicitor who was part of the process, phoned up. The the other complaint was there was no bins. Commercial property, the council doesn't provide bins, so you need to arrange your own contract. So I contact my bin guy. From JJ's Waste and Recycling, big shout out to Jeff Wickens if you're listening to my podcast and I've asked him to and just told him, hey, there's 20 units in there. Go and see them. If you need numbers, let me know. These guys need bins. So, you know, that's not my job. That's not, If I wrote down my job description, putting clients in touch with um, waste and recycling companies is not on there. But again, that's the part of being extraordinary is going above and beyond. Never, ever leave your clients feeling like they're out flapping around in the wind on their own because they will have the same feel for the experience that I'm feeling with buying my house and buying my car. It's, you know, I don't think, oh, my God, I love my car. I do love it. But when I think of where I got it from, would I go back there again? Probably not. Probably not. I would I would be, you know, wanting a bit more service. And would I sell my house through the agent I bought it off? Absolutely not. And there's the kicker. The people that we've done the deals for, would they come back again to you for another transaction, whether it to be sell or to lease or to buy again? Would they come back to you? for those reasons? Probably not. 
because the experience holistically hasn't been great. And it's, you know, and if something's gone wrong, this is really only when it matters is when something's gone wrong and they don't have anybody who's responding or they don't have anybody to turn to. And then that's the last feeling that they're left with, which is a, is a negative feeling. And that's how they're going to perceive you. So <laughs> funny email I received from the lady. She kind of sledged me for having the property on my social media um even though like we hadn't water poly even though we hadn't had the communication yet for me to say no I will help you she's like seeing as you sold me this property and you've got it all over your social media I thought you know what I don't know whether that was to get my attention but you know she's saying you're you're taking ownership of it now you need to take ownership of it so people see what you do and and this is it too like if you're bragging about something you've done like you've done a big deal you've done a sale you've done this you've done that and then you're not following through you look like a phony because you've you just want the good stuff you don't want the good and the bad stuff and commercial real estate and real estate and sales is really about problem solving. And in the whole mix, in part of that process, somewhere in the middle we get paid, but the rest of the the beginning is the problem solving, finding the solution. The end could be the problem solving when you're solving issues that are coming up for your client. And then, you know, you want to keep those people informed. And there's lots of things you can do to stay in touch with people. And provide that extra above and beyond service. And these are not your job. This is not part of your role. But you need to think about things that are going to add value and make you stand apart from the rest. Now, with commercial property, I'll give you some examples. What you could do is every 12 months, roller doors on a commercial property need to be serviced. So you could have little pop-ups in your calendar because, you know, I'm going to have 20 of them to say that my buyers need to service their roller doors. And I'll probably have, and I know I'll have, a roller door guy's number at my fingertips. Now, if you're a roller door company and you haven't thought about contacting agents, commercial agents, about dropping your details in, that's probably a good thing. You've got to think laterally. There's lots of things, there's lots of synergies between businesses like that and commercial agents. You know, and I don't have any roller doors that are, I've got numbers from other jobs we've done, but I don't have anyone calling me going, hey, you know, you know, 400 industrial owners with roller doors, can you give them my number? Just like it's, you know, a clever thing to do if you, if you think about it. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. The other thing is fire, fire extinguishers and fire servicing uh, equipment needs to be serviced every six months. Again, I have a lot of buildings with fire extinguishers in them. No fire extinguishing companies have called me and said, hey, can I talk to your clients? Weird, weird. I've actually got a very, very good buddy uh, who's in the fire game and he's probably going to ring me and go, I didn't even think of that. (laughs) So anyway, giving you lots of ideas today. But we're in sales, right? So, you know, there's things I do. Like I have 
clients that I know will pay referral fees for particular things. And I've got, you know, some of them I've approached and some of them have approached me and you need to disclose these things. But if you've got certain services you can provide and you get a, you get a kickback, so it's easy money. And all you're doing is firing through an email with a bit of information on some contact details and saying, hey, this guy's going to call you. He can help you. Um, I, re- I get a referral fee from it, but I use them because they're efficient and they're going to do what they say they're going to do. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. They don't have to pick that person, but at least the person's there. And if you're taking the pain away, like, you you know, they don't have to go and shop around or they don't have to actually try and find the, the call themselves. Everyone's so busy. No one's got time for that. Provide that extra service. Add the service. Add the value. Add value to yourself. That's what makes you stand apart from the rest when you do the above and beyond, the extra things. Waiting for my dogs to come in. They're doing pretty good. Anyway, yeah. So you just have to think out of the box a little bit. Contact your clients every six months and tell them their fire extinguishers need servicing. Like things like that. I'm trying to think of an example of something that else that's not property. Okay, okay, you could be selling air conditioning systems. It's the same thing again. I've used guys to like tune up my air conditioning system. Something's gone wrong. It's started to freeze over. You know, I don't get a call from these guys saying it needs to be serviced every six months. Can we come in and check it? Some of them do. The pest guys do. The guys that clean the carpet do. But, you know, that's where that's where the money is because if you can provide that service where you're actually reminding people they need something done, then they're more likely they're not going to go with you anyway. But as, you know, that's another – again, we're sidetracking because what I'm saying to you is the things that you need to go above and beyond with. You're not going to see the, the, the payday straight away. These things are building your brand and your image of yourself and your service as a whole – that's what people are going to see and that's what they're going to tell everyone about. So if someone's going to buy a commercial property and they've had a good experience with you, let's use me as an example. This lady comes back and says, you know, I had a real problem. I couldn't get hold of the body corporate, but Sandra got involved after the fact. She contacted the solicitor. She contacted the body corporate. The gardener's turned up and we don't feel like we're left on our own when we purchase a property from Sandra. She's going to be there when things go pear-shaped. If the building falls down, Sandra's going to be there and she's going to help us and she's going to put us in contact with the right people. Now, that's the service. So this woman, she's hopefully, fingers crossed, she'll do what every other client normally does and they buy between two and seven properties over their lifetime. Commercial investors and buyers do those things. And that's why it's important. You know, don't cut people off. You do not understand where they're going to end up. It's like with tenants. There's some agents that don't touch the small stuff. And I'm talking rats and mice and it could be from 100 square metres. But I've seen in my 20-something plus GST number of years I've been doing this that the guys that rent the small stuff end up buying the big stuff. Because everybody's starting off somewhere. Somebody's got to get their foot in the game. Somebody has to start off. And when they start leasing commercial property and then they understand it, they usually buy something. And when they buy something, if their business is going gangbusters, they usually buy something bigger. So they'll end up with the seven. And the first one that they started off with renting 
That was where they cut their teeth. And the second one that they bought, that's where they learnt the process. And the fifth one they bought, you know, they're still leasing the second one that they bought. So you end up with their portfolio. So it's a life. So don't ever disregard somebody because you think, you know, they're a small player because they all evolve. All their businesses don't succeed and you don't hear from them again. Or they ring you in another five years' time and they've got the get up and go and they're on their way again and something else happens and they buy something else. So, yeah, it's never disregard anyone and always provide everyone with customer service because you just don't know where the circumstances will take them. And I'll tell you what will happen. The flip side is if you don't provide the service, well, they're not just going to tell one or two people. It will be dinner party topic number one. They will say, I had this terrible experience. I bought this industrial property. Never buy a property off this agent. This is what happened to me. Soon as they got their dough, we never heard from them again. There was no follow-up service. I had a big problem with the property. This happened And do you think the agent was going to help me? No way. They're probably on holiday in the Bahamas. So, you know, they don't care. I would never buy a property off that person, that brand, that whatever, again, because they're only interested in getting the deal done. They will take your money and you will never see them again. That's what they say to people at the dinner party. And then that person will say, oh, They'll be at another dinner party and someone will say, I'm looking at buying commercial property or I'm looking at buying vacuum cleaner or I'm looking at whatever, you, whatever you're selling. And they'll go, oh, I heard this story about this horrible experience. Never buy a property through this person. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's bad juju. And, you know, the developers are good. They get their money. They walk away. But like I had to explain and educate my client today is when we go again and you want to build some units again you know I'm on the front line with this and these are my people and if I want to talk them into buying another unit and it's one of your units and we've given them a bad experience it's not your name on the line it's mine and you know they it doesn't matter what you do but I have to service these people so And I want them to come back and buy another unit off you. So that's why it's my problem. So when I'm ringing you at nine o'clock at night saying, can you help me with the body corporate? You've got to help me. Like it's, it's like that, you know, I can't do these things all on my own. I do need, there's other, there's the builders, for instance, we're trying to get, you know, the name of the tiles that are in one unit because one of the builders is extending the bathroom. I don't have that information at my fingertips. So they're like, why are you doing this, Sandra? Why are you why are you asking me for tiles? You're just the agent. And I'm like, long story, but what I should say is listen to this episode of my podcast, episode 37. But that's it. I think I've rambled on and I've repeated myself and I've explained why you need to do these things a few times. So I'm not going to keep going. I'm going to wind it up because I don't want to bore you if you're driving, put you to sleep at the wheel. So uh, that's it. That's a wrap. And just as a quick summary, always go above and beyond. Do the extraordinary things. Do the after sales service. I'm so glad I only used that a few times because I really don't even like that term. But it's true. You've got to do it. So yeah, my name's Sandra Carter. I'm a commercial agent. 
You can find me on TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram under Sandra Carter Commercial Agent. And my hashtag is Selling with Sandra, which may also end up being the name of this podcast. So if you can't find it, look for Selling with Sandra. That's it. So keep selling hard and follow those sales right through to the very next one. Give that after sales service a good crack and smash that glass ceiling. Okay, so you know this episode's brought to you by M2 Moringa. Like this is seriously a must-have in your diet. It's got okra, ginger, moringa. It's got a bit of brown sugar too, so it sort of tastes like molasses. But if you're anything like me and you're iron deficient, have you ever tried to take an iron supplement? It does not do nice things to you. And the alternative to that is liquid iron, which is something like drinking battery acid. So if you've ever tried it, it's brutal. And if you've ever had stomach issues, yeah, it's just not a nice part of your day. So this is a very, very delicious way to get your iron, vitamin C, and all of the other vitamins. It's so crazy how many vitamins they can fit into this lovely little tea. So you can have it in a few ways. You can have it like a soda. It tastes like Coca-Cola. So my kids, when they have it, they get the soda stream, put two shots of Moringa, M2, and visit up on the soda stream and it's like drinking cola guilt-free coca-cola for kids you've got to start using this stuff people anyway till next time